Thanks for listening to the Culture Proof Podcast. I'm Miki. And I'm Will. And today we are asking the question, are all cultures equal? Mm. Like there's a lot in the news right now about demonstrations breaking out um, across this country on campuses where you've got students who are taking sides and it seems Mm. the majority of the campuses are um, celebrating what Hamas did in Israel. And it's just really troubling and thinking about how we may have gotten to this point, um, how we have the rise of anti-Semitism in this country and what may have portended that, you know. Um, I I don't know exactly how you describe um, a disconnect from humanity where there's even a discussion about, you know, what we value in culture. Um, But I do know that whenever you reject the word of God and whenever you reject um, the foundation of scripture, you pretty much get everything else. Like there's, there's... There's no way to filter a culture any longer when you reject the authority of the supreme. Mm. So, and and mm. I I think that's probably how we've gotten to where we are now. Yeah, you know, it's a shame, you know, that you have these protests. You want to think about it, but it's also not surprising, given what has been handed down to the young people in the universities and things like that, and what they've been receiving before they even get to the universities. I think this is not. It shouldn't be shocking for us, but it should be something that we see and it's like, man, that's sad. And, and it's, it's also, it's a, a concern, you know, that you have so many uh, with that view, but man, it's, it's, it's sad. It's yeah. Sad. It's really sad. We want to yeah. get into it, talk about, it. of course, we're going to take it back to the straight edge, take Amen. it back to the word of God. Um, you know, w- we do have a changing culture all the time. We have shifts that happen in society, but we don't take our cues from those shifts. We don't respond based on what is culturally normative. We constantly ask the question, what does the word of God say? And so, of course, we're going to talk about that today. Mm. But first, how about a little bit of culture proof housekeeping? Oh, uh, that's right. We thank you so much for sharing episodes for, well, for listening, but also sharing and keep sharing. Uh, by sharing it, you can help the uh, podcast to grow. And so we really appreciate that. Also, giving it a five star rating. You guys have been doing that. You've been writing reviews. We really, really appreciate it. Uh, it's cool to see five stars. You yeah, know, like thank you, re- you so much. Yeah, people really appreciate um, the Culture Proof podcast. And also leave comments. We love that you guys are engaged. And so if you would just stay engaged and uh, make those comments, uh, we try to answer as best as we can. But uh, we really appreciate the engagement. Yeah. And I want to say thank you so much, um, in addition, for all that you're doing to help the podcast grow. And by the way, it is growing and it really is um, an encouragement to us. Mm -hmm. I want to say thank you so much for supporting it financially, helping us to continue producing the kind of content that's been a blessing to you and your family. It really means a lot. Um, I'm about to start. Uh, naming names now just maybe first names um i don't know maybe you don't want me to do that but i just i just want to say thank you we see your support coming in yeah and it means a lot and yeah. we are very very grateful and very humbled by um the words of encouragement that are attached to those dollars like right. that means to us continue going please stay true to the word of god and continue making much of his kingdom and so we're going to continue doing exactly that and Thank you for making it possible. Mm -hmm. If you want to join the resistance, that's what we call our team. (laughs) Those of us who are resisting the cultural trends that are antithetical to the faith. If you want to join the resistance in any capacity, just go to cultureproof.net. You can learn more about what we're doing and um, you can support as the Lord leads. You can support us monthly. Uh, Many people are doing that and we appreciate it. Or you can make a gift as you're able. And we appreciate that too. Mm. Just thank you for the encouragement that's attached to the dollars that 
that you're sharing. We appreciate it. Mm-hmm. All right. Will the Great. Yes. Um, <laughs> is there, and I, I want to ask this question, and then I know we're just going to have to get into it and mm-hmm. just start talking about it. Mm-hmm. But my question is, um, are all cultures equal? Do, <laughs> do we um, look at cultures around the world um, and, and do we put all cultures on the same plane as um, equally worthy of respect? I think all individuals are worthy of respect, mm. you know, being made in the image of God. I can't say that all cultures are equal, but I would also have to say that we would have to define what a culture is. Yes. What, what does that mean? Because a lot of times when we say culture, sometimes we hear uh people groups, you know, so if when we say culture, we might think of oh, the, the black community, the white community, mm. you know, uh, Latin culture or whatever, you know, and to say that there are some cultures that uh, are not to be respected or are not equal, that can sound pretty, you know, biased, like what you're saying, these, these people don't matter. And so I think if we had a proper definition of culture, we can answer that question better. But I will say that everybody uh, every person is is made in the image of God, and they are worthy of respect, being you know made in His image. But when we said think about culture and the set of uh, rules or or things that make up a culture, man, if it's not under the 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 lordship of of, of God, you know, I, I would say, well, as a Christian, I can't respect all cultures if it's sinful. Yeah, no, absolutely. I you think know? that's great. And so academically speaking, when you look at cultures, you are looking at maybe um, five characteristics that make up a group of people. So okay. what what do they have in common as far as symbols, um, language, beliefs, values, and even artifacts? All of these things work together to define or characterize a culture or make up a society, right? So you've got the the common symbols that people within this particular culture might all understand or agree with. And mm-hmm. let me use an example. So if I give a thumbs up, then y- you know what I'm saying, or you have an idea about what I'm saying based on your knowledge of that symbol. So like, yeah. if I give a thumbs up, what do you think I'm saying to you? It's, it's a go. It's good. Okay, yeah. And so, that's what it means here, but somewhere else it may mean something. You'll have to just look it up. You'll just have to take my <laughs> word for it. Don't give thumbs up in Australia because okay. it's it's bad. Like if you, okay. it, you know, so that culture, okay, mm-hmm. that society, that symbol does not mean there what it means here. So does something like that makes one culture better than another if one if it in one culture something like that means oh yeah yeah it's good good job Mm -hmm. and in another culture is maybe something vulgar does that mean that that one culture that is good and is a better culture than yeah no see and that's a great question i don't think so i think that those things are like sort of innocuous i think those are things that are just they just define a culture it's Mm -hmm. just what we do here i don't think one is to be exalted above the other Mm -hmm. i i think you need to know that when you go in into a culture, you don't want to think you're telling someone, "Hey, good job," <laughs> right? And, and and they're like, "Whoa!" Like, what and did then, you say to me? <laughs> yeah, exactly, right. You yeah. know, I mean, the same thing is true. You think of um, eating with your left hand, like if you're in the Middle East or mm-hmm. it, you're in Asia, you know that eating with your left hand versus eating with your left hand in America, it doesn't have the same meaning. Like, mm. you know, you kind of, you know. <laughs> come under some strong ire there if you're eating with your left hand because the left hand, you know, in the Middle <laughs> East and some Asian countries yeah. is used for 
bathroom <laughs> bathroom hygiene. And so you just, it's a no, no, you don't do it. We don't have those same um, symbols or th those things don't mean the same thing in our country here. Mm -hmm. And that's not good or bad, right? That I would say that that is culturally neutral, right? Okay. But then as you continue on, you've got languages. So I would say that languages also are culturally neutral, meaning that it's not good or bad that you have a particular language, but mm -hmm. having that language does define your culture. It mm -hmm. does, it does determine yeah. what you are associated with or what you, the group that you're affiliated with, which right, right. I think is so interesting that in eternity, the apostle John saw tribes, nations, and tongues, mm -hmm. like, you know, representing the various languages that are God's idea. Mm -hmm. that are God's idea as he spread people around the world. So mm -hmm. then mm -hmm. as you continue on talking about these five characteristics that make a culture, so you've got the symbols, you've got the language, and then this is where I believe that it starts to get away from being innocuous or neutral and start to, starts to have some meaning where if we have discernment, we can say this is either good in a culture or bad in a culture, and the third one would be beliefs. Uh-huh. So, yes. so what does this culture believe, believe. Okay. and what does it look like in the way that the culture lives, right? Yeah. So if you've got a culture that believes in child sacrifice, well, mm. we have to, you know, kind of throw off the multicultural tendency that we have mm -hmm. to say that we can't judge cultures and we have to say, uh, no, it's wrong to sacrifice babies. So, like it's, but, but cultures in itself, let me ask you this, cultures in itself are not good or bad, but there may be things in the culture that would be good or bad, mm. right? Or could cultures themselves be classified as that's a bad culture? Man, well, in as much, <laughs> okay. So if you combine these academic definitions with some biblical illustrations, I, I would say in some ways it becomes really difficult to detach a belief system from a culture because it's a part of what makes that culture the culture, right? Mm -hmm. So no, the people, and you started off by saying this, and I thought this was so important. Mm -hmm. The people are to be respected because they are made in the image of God. Mm -hmm. And the desire is that the people would hear the gospel and come to faith in the Lord Jesus Christ and that their soul would be saved. Mm -hmm. That is the desire. Mm -hmm. I think it is, it is, um, I think it is fair for us to say that not everything that makes up a culture mm -hmm. is neutral and should be accepted or celebrated because of, you know, multiculturalism. But like, that's, that's in every culture though. So correct. If, if you have symbols and you have language, those things we, it, it's not good or bad. Mm -hmm. Just what are, what they are, yes. you know, so every culture has those and every culture has beliefs. Yes. Right? So if, if I look at a certain culture and say, well, the language, language is, is good mm -hmm. and the symbols and those things are not bad, those things are okay. If, I, if I'm in that culture and I come to Christ, I can keep those things. Yes. But so, the beliefs are the things that would change. Yes. Those, and those are the third. Well, they're two, In any culture. Yeah. In any culture. Mm -hmm. So there are three more components. So we talked about symbols and we talked about um, language and then there's beliefs mm -hmm. and values, values and, okay. and those two are where I want to rest. And I'll yeah. name the fifth one, but I don't think it's as important. I think it kind of falls into the category of symbols because it's one of those things where it's like, I think it's neutral, but mm -hmm. it's artifacts. It's okay. like, and I say it's neutral. Of course, there could be artifacts of a culture like, that like were idols. not, yes, that yeah. would indicate 
right. the beliefs. The beliefs, yeah, exactly and the values. Right. <laughs> and so those things would be connected. Yeah. So so some of the artifacts could find themselves mm. in a in a non neutral position mm, yeah um but mostly these things are neutral you know the kinds of bowls they used mm-hmm. like even in our culture you know cell phones are artifacts now like they you know these the mm. digital tools that we use today if you know excavated you know a thousand years from now mm-hmm. um first of all people would be like i can't believe those phones were that big <laughs> i'm just guessing i don't know right. that that would be you know but i, I would just imagine you that people would be like what are these <laughs> yeah what like what yeah. is that you mean they couldn't just think their their calls to one another i don't know i'm but you know ai don't underestimate it um but so these things are artifacts yeah. of our culture right yeah. the focus that i really wanted to look at was um the beliefs and the values of any culture mm-hmm. and and i don't know if there's a way to just like measure this with a razor sharp edge mm-hmm. right but i i kind of feel like one of the things that really tips a culture as a whole into the area or into the position of you reject it is the belief and the value system. Mm. And I think we see that in the Old Testament. We see mm. nations being judged by the Lord God because of their beliefs and their value systems. It, mm. it wasn't, you know, did they shake hands or, you know, did they take an oath by putting a hand on, under a thigh? Like, you know, right. those were right. not the things that caused them um, to have the land spew them out Mm -hmm. as the Lord described this to his people. Um, it was their belief system. It Mm -hmm. was their value system. And I think biblically speaking, when we look at nations and when we look at cultures, thinking Mm -hmm. about what it takes to make up a culture, I think that symbolically, especially when you look in the old Testament, the representation of some of the cultures that we become aware of through scripture served as almost sort of like um, an archetype of a rejection of God. Like they became like a personification of what it looks like to deny God. Mm. Like, so this is what it looks like when the knowledge of God is not retained in a culture and what you found these people doing in the old Testament, some of it very graphic, they rejected God and were handed over to the extreme displays of like what it looks like to be godless. Mm-hmm. And so so God judged these nations mm-hmm. and he drove these nations out and brought in his people Israel into um, the land that he had promised them. And, 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 and there were nations left in their wake. Now, why was God doing that? Because they had rejected him and the fullness of that rejection was deplorable. Mm-hmm. And so... I, I think we see in the Old Testament a rejection of certain nations once their value and belief system tipped beyond the point of, well, they have this as just an individual practice where it began to define the nation. It defined the culture. Mm. It was what they had done. I mean, you think of Sodom and Gomorrah yeah. and, and you yeah. think of this people group where it's like, okay, I need to see if, and I say need, I'm using creature words here, but like, I'm going to see if what they have done is altogether what is said that they have done. You mm. know what I mean? Right. That they, there was, you talk about total depravity. Mm. I mean, you know. Yeah. And even the lands that God, um, sent the, the children of Israel to, to the Canaan lands, you know? Yes. Like they were uh, evicted from the land because of their practices and their values. Yes. The things that they were doing. And they were told specifically by God, don't do those things yes. for which they were, uh, you know, driven out and you will be the same way, you know? And so, yeah, yeah. I, I see what you're saying about the values uh, and, and the way that they believed being, you know, primary to like, 
what what their culture was made up of. Yeah, and I I think one of the ways in the United States of America, I think one of the ways that we've gotten into trouble is that we have almost sort of, and worship is such a strong word, and I, I, I don't want to be sensational unnecessarily, but I think that we have found ourselves almost worshiping multiculturalism, and it has um, caused our discernment to suffer. Mm. Like it, it, it has reduced our ability our capacity, even our willingness to say that this is good and this is bad. We've just been told that we need to be a melting pot, that we need to celebrate all cultures and we need to and accept all things. that's not a bad things. thing to do, right? To, to say, okay, I want to have something to where we appreciate the cultures of other uh, nations, you know, like their food, their music or whatever it may be. Uh, that, that wouldn't be like a, a bad thing, right? Well, it depends. It depends on what what the celebration requires of me okay. like because okay so like if we're doing if we're doing an event and and we say it's a multicultural event yeah and we want to invite you know various cultures to come and display the things that that make them unique right which is something mm -hmm. that we might do in school like we used to do in yeah. school we had <laughs> we had multicultural assemblies right yeah and of course i'm about to like paint like this picture here just to make a point okay yeah. this never happened in my school I don't think this happened in your school. I just, I'm going to step out on a limb here and say, but imagine that you're having a multicultural event in the name of multiculturalism mm -hmm. and someone shows up and, you know, in their culture, let's just say for an example, in their culture, maybe they don't wear as much um, clothing as, as we do. Right. 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 Um, and, and maybe part of their celebration They've been welcomed to something the way that they respond and accept is, let's just say, for example, they sacrifice a dog. Mm. I'm just saying. Right. And so what happens in your multicultural event that you've got? Do you say, no, you mm. can't bring your full self here? Yeah. Like, do, do you, are you allowed to say, well, no, we don't we don't we don't kill dogs here like we don't. <laughs> and, and you need to put on more clothes like do you. Are you able to say that or or do you just accept everything because multiculturalism? No, yeah, I think you have to say it, you know, because it's because it's not the culture here, but also, you know, talking about slaying dogs, that's illegal. Um, okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> you're gonna get yeah. in trouble. But but yeah, no, I see what you're saying, you know, but it but it still is good to appreciate other cultures. Because yes. you know, one thing that Look, which I'm not talking about, you know, a person being born again and not wanting to change the sinful things. Mm -hmm. I'm just I'm talking about the, the things that are permissible, you know, different things that would be maybe symbols, maybe language, food, whatever, whatever it is. I think it's good to appreciate those type of things, because I think there's another thing that happens sometime in uh you know, I call it, I guess it's assimilation where it's like, no, you got to be like me. Not yes. in Christ, we need to be like him. So there are some things that have to change, mm -hmm. you know, sinful things have to go. Yes. <laughs> like he will not dwell with that. Yes. And but, that's even, that's even not going extreme in the illustration, right? Yeah, like that's, yeah. that's even in saying like, okay, as an American, if I've got my culture yeah. or my value system yeah. that is antithetical to Christ culture, can yeah. we call it that? Can we say Christ <laughs> culture? Like what it is to be yeah. in Christ, to be a Christian, then be. that's got to go. Like, yeah. and, and I think, and the, the point that I'm driving at here yeah. is that we've got to ourselves first and then pass this on to our children, be able to discern that there is good and bad culture. 
right like belief and values right there's good and bad culture and the example that comes to my mind is like okay so you know we would be first of all we're christian mm-hmm. you know but we're black christians and so for instance there are black Christians, white Christians, whatever. You have I'm a you Christian wanna, who's black. Okay, however you want to classify them. That's how I want so to classify So if I go to your church and my expression of worship is a little bit more boisterous, and mm. you're like, no, you got to assimilate to be like us, mm. that's not, I think that's no, not yeah. the, a good way to view someone's culture and say, you know, no, you need to be like us. And yeah. I think that happens sometimes. You know, now what I, what I do appreciate is, you know, if it's like an international student or person whatever and we could say hey no i like your food i like you know we can do that but the sinful things in the beliefs and the values you know that may be that whether it's american or Mm -hmm. somewhere else Mm -hmm. we we don't accept that because we're under the the kingdom mandate yeah see and i think that's even different because i think that no matter what the culture is around the world and when i say the culture around the world i'm putting america in the category of a culture that exists in the world. Like there is American culture, right? And I think it's so important for us to recognize that. And the reason for that is because when I'm talking about Christ culture, or I'm talking about what it is to be a follower of Christ, to come into the body of Christ, I am, I don't want people to think I'm talking about American Christian culture. That that does get conflated. It gets conflated. I'm talking about a biblically defined culture and it's important to note that it's biblically defined because like when you say all right so if my culture so i'm a christian i happen to be black i i happen to have a a culture that was normal for me growing up Mm -hmm. and maybe there's more exuberance in in our worship more expressive or maybe yeah yeah. you know maybe there maybe there's more emotion that comes out then i think that what we should do is not ask the question of whether or not culturally that fits in Christ's culture, Mm -hmm. we should ask the question, what does the Bible say about how we worship when we gather? Mm -hmm. And so the Bible does not call us to suspend per se our personalities or our cultural expressions in as much as those cultural expressions don't rival the scriptures, right? right? So you see the apostle Paul, even to the Corinthian church, I mean, and they were, they were lively. (laughs) Yeah. Okay. Like you read, you read Paul's letter to the Corinthians they were lively and you see him bringing order to their meetings. You don't see him telling them that they all need to be like this or all like that. They, Mm. that by the spirit of God, there's a standard that is set that there is to be order in the church. That's right. And, and amazingly that order works in every country around the world. You have to, uh, the Bible was not written to Americans. That's right. I mean, Americans read it. (laughs) Yeah. Yes. You know what I mean? But not really, but not for everybody. And so often what happens is we start to filter it through an understanding of what that must look like because of our construct, Mm -hmm. right? Like because of, as we're talking about today, because of our culture Mm -hmm. and what we really want to do is not press the Bible um, into our culture to where we shave off the parts of the Bible that we feel like, well, I just want to be me. What Mm. what we actually want to do is we want to shape ourselves into what I mean when I say into the scripture is that we want the things that don't fit to shave off us. Like Mm. if this can't come with us. You know, I'm thinking of the Jerusalem council in Acts chapter 15. You've got all these Gentiles coming into the faith and there's this debate about like, well, do they need to become Jews? All of a sudden, do they need to take up our practices and our customs? And you've got Peter 
Okay. Mm -hmm. You've got Peter who the Bible gives us some evidence that he struggled with partiality himself. Mm -hmm. Right. Mm -hmm. But it's Peter who by the spirit of God um, is leading the charge and saying, no, they don't have to become Jews to become Christians. They've Mm got to put away immorality. Right. They can't they can't drink blood. Okay. (laughs) So what, what, what is Peter hitting on here at this Jerusalem council by the spirit of God is that the things that come out of your culture that are sinful and that are wicked, those things must be driven out. And I, and I, and I use the term, I use the phrase driven out on purpose because that is what was foreshadowed in the old Testament. Mm. When you see these nations being driven out right? For the people of God. This is a foreshadow of the Lord driving out sin. These sinful nations, these nations that are riddled with sin, they don't get to stay. Mm. The land has spewed them out. They they cannot stay and the Lord drives them out. <laughs> and what happens in the life of a believer in Christ, the sin that is in our heart, the sin that is a part of our culture, whatever that culture is, that has to be driven out. And so it's not that, you know, the the person per mm-hmm, se mm-hmm. has to then become a clone of whatever group it assimilates with or he or she assimilates with, but it's that the person now is a follower of Christ. And then because of that looks different mm, and beha- okay. behaves differently. We saw this in the apostle Paul. It's possible that one of the greatest obstacles to homeschooling is confidence And there's nothing like the fear of math to zap your confidence. CTC Math has taken that into account and designed an incredible math program that takes the fear out of math. Parents can relax knowing that CTC Math is partnering with them to teach math. With clear and complete video tutorials and summaries, this math program ensures that your child actually understands the content before he or she is asked to practice it. CTC Math is also interactive and it adapts to your child's needs without the child even knowing it. This builds confidence and proficiency. Maybe CTC Math is the answer to your prayers. You can find out by going to ctcmath.com. That's ctcmath.com. You can try the program without risk for an entire year. And if it doesn't deliver the results you expect, CTC Math will provide a full refund. You heard me right. You can try out CTC Math for an entire year without risk. And if it doesn't meet your needs, you can get a full refund, no questions asked. Check out our friends at ctcmath.com. That's ctcmath.com. Yeah. Now, I was, I was thinking, do you think there's any issue with, like, for instance, you know, we are Americans. You know, American citizens, we are Americans. But that would, we're Christians first, and, and maybe we see some things in the Bible, and we're like, man, I want to observe, you know, some of those Jewish things where, you know like seeing some of the things that are traditional you know uh some of the feasts and mm-hmm. stuff like that you know there's some people are, who are really uh hard nosed about that but but then there's some like man you know i just want to observe that because I, I i see mm-hmm. you know um jesus in these things you know yeah um what do you yeah. th- what do you think about that i think it's great i okay. think it's great i think we've observed some of them we've participated mm-hmm. in some of the feasts and some of the celebrations i think the problem comes in that people who observe this think that it justifies them mm, or they think yeah. that they make that that yeah. it makes them righteous in some way right and and i i have met people who have not outright said that but they have presented a feeling of like you know we are keeping 
the Torah. Like we are, we are, we're staying true to the Torah. We're staying true to the law. And, um, and even as Christians, mm-hmm. people have communicated this. My concern with that is that it kind of puts them back in the same category of what Paul was condemning mm. among the Galatians. Right, it's like, wait right. a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. Okay, <laughs> yeah. Christ is sufficient. Like, what are yeah. you doing here? Like, you don't Amen. you don't need to um, take on these practices to be justified. You know, this is, and he was specifically talking about circumcision. Yeah. But again, I think it's important to, yeah, we can celebrate feasts and we can um, recognize some of the culture. And some sometimes I think, Understanding culture and understanding some of the feasts of of, uh, Jewish heritage, I think, even helps us to have a richer understanding of Mm -hmm. what it is to be a follower of Christ. Because a lot of it is foreshadowing. It is is telling of of an event yet to come, Mm -hmm. you know. And so I think that's a beautiful thing. Um, My ultimate question is, you know, when you look at multiculturalism and you look at what we've been taught and what I, I think is sort of an offshoot of some of what we see happening in our in our colleges or on our college campuses today, there it's it's sort of like the zenith of multiculturalism, right? Mm. Where we have lost all discernment and now we we celebrate terrorists because mm. we've lost discernment wow. and we can't say, no, that's a bad culture. We yeah. can't say, no, I'm not gonna celebrate that, I'm not gonna recognize that. I guess my ultimate question mm. then becomes is is Christ culture supreme culture mm. and 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 can we live in such a way do we have a a biblical defense for that and then number 1 and then number 2 what does it look like for us to actually live that out that Christ culture is supreme culture yeah i would say 100% yes because i mean does in in Christ and having the mind of Christ and and uh operating in what you would say, Christ culture is the highest level of culture there is. Mm-hmm. You know, I you know I know we talked about this scripture, but in Philippians three, you yeah. know, uh, and you look at the Apostle Paul, who, man, before coming to Christ, before you know the the experience that we read about in Acts chapter nine, man, he prided himself mm-hmm. in being an Israelite and being you know of this certain lineage, you know, of keeping the law and all, and that turn into like waste mm. to him like yeah. it was like man this is this is dung mm-hmm. you know because of christ the excellencies of being in christ mm-hmm. you know and so i think that's how it it should look for all of us so if we had certain pride in being this or being that man when we come to christ the highest thing is not is now uh being in him yes and so those things go to the background they fade far away uh as compared to being in christ now even when we talk about in romans i think chapter nine you know, uh, he had a heart for his kinsmen, his brethren, you know, according to the flesh. Mm-hmm. But it was that they would know Christ. Yes. So Christ yes. was still preeminent. You know, being in Christ was the thing that he was like, man, I, I wish myself to be a curse myself mm-hmm. that my brethren can come. And so I think that's how it looks, that that's first and foremost, that being in Christ supersedes all other identities. Yeah, man, absolutely. I I think when you look at uh, Philippians chapter three, and I'll read just a little bit of it Mm -hmm. here, the apostle Paul just really builds a pedestal with his identity 
on top of it, like his identity as far as the flesh is concerned. Mm. So he builds this high tower with his identity <laughs> on the top, right? Almost sort of like the summit of the tower is who I am and mm. my distinction. And then he knocks it all down <laughs> because he has come to know Christ. Man. And I, I think about this in the context of what it is to be a Christian who's black. And I think the conversations that we've had in many contexts over the years where there's been this wrestling of like, well, you know, can I continue to make much of being black. And, and there's a question over that. And even among Americans, right? Like, can I continue to make much over being a, an American? You know, yeah. And, and, and even that conversation, I think sometimes people are like, well, there's nothing wrong with that. I'm a proud American. But then if a person says I'm black and I'm proud, you're like, no, 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 no. <laughs> like, and I think we have to know what the distinction is. Yeah. Right. I yeah. think the Lord has determined, I think the Bible tells us in Acts 17, 26, the Lord has determined our borders and he's determined our boundaries and when we would exist inside those boundaries. Mm -hmm. So my pride in where I live and my pride and who I am, what my nation is, is because God determined that so that I would find him Amen. so that I would Amen. seek after him and find him. And because I think God has done amazing things through the nation that I dwell in. I think those things are great, but I want to keep chief first and foremost, this identity that I have in Christ. And so I apply that even to myself as a black woman. I think about the apostle Paul. And I remember even having a conversation with another sister in the Lord hmm who was asking me a question and it was just a genuine question. You know, she was like, she was like, I'm finding a hard time um, establishing the balance between, she goes, I'm proud to be black. She's mm -hmm. I'm proud to be a black woman. And she goes, is that sinful? Is that wrong? And I said, no, it's not, it's not wrong for you to celebrate what God has done. God is sovereign over who you are. Like right. he's made you right. who you are, but it becomes sinful when that is exalted to the level of this is who I am first and foremost. Yes. Right. And why do, right. why do I say that? Because I'm looking at the scriptures here. I'm looking at first, uh, I'm looking at Philippians chapter three. I'm going to start at verse four. Mm -hmm. The apostle Paul writing by the spirit of God says, although I myself might have confidence even in the flesh, if anyone else has a mind to put confidence in the flesh, I far more circumcise the eighth day um, of the nation of Israel, of the tribe of Benjamin, a Hebrew of Hebrews, as to the law, a Pharisee, as to zeal, a persecutor of the church, as to righteousness, which is the law found blameless. But whatever things were gained to me, those things I have counted as, as loss for the sake of Christ. More than that, I count all things to be lost in view of the surpassing value of knowing Christ Jesus, my Lord, for whom I have suffered the loss of all things and count them but rubbish, but rubbish <laughs> so that I may gain Christ and may be found in him, not having a righteousness of my own derived from the law, but that which is through faith in Christ, the righteousness which comes from God on the basis of faith. Now, and I think it's important to note that what the Apostle Paul is pointing out here is that I'm not justified by the identity of my flesh. Yeah. Like there's, I'm not esteemed before God because of the identity and of my flesh. And at one time he thought he was. He, exactly. You know, that, that was something that he prided himself on and that many of his, all his peers did as well. Yeah. It was a source of like, you know, we are top of the class because, you know, I'm this and I've done this and I have not done this. Mm -hmm. And he saw that being in Christ, man, that's chief. 
you know, and all those other things, man, it, they were so temporary and it faded away. It's mm-hmm. like, man, like that, those cannot compare to being in Christ. Now, and then to, to make the connection and to bring it all together, because I think, you know, when you look at this and man, I was, I was reading, um, Abigail Schreier's piece, Abigail, Abigail Schreier, who wrote, um, Ir- irreversible damage. Mm. Um, she, I was over at her Substack. And, um, and just reading some information when she's talking about what's happening on campuses. And I want to read just a little bit of that. And one of the thoughts that comes to my mind is why is it that our students, many of them in these, on these campuses all across the country Mm -hmm. who would identify as Christian, why is it that they have lost their ability to discern what is a culture that can be celebrated in a culture that shouldn't? Um, why are we now trying to um, stir up people's remembrance of the Holocaust so that they would feel connected to Israel? I think there are some things, some connections that would be natural if we had a high esteem of Christ culture. Mm. And, and I'm being, being very careful to say Christ culture because, I, as you know, in talking about this, I was initially saying um, church culture or Christian culture. And I think even that kind of calls to mind some people's traditions that may not be attached to scripture. Right. right. And so I, I want to say a follower of the way, mm-hmm. you know, a follower of the Lord Jesus Christ, what does that culture look like? Well, if you esteem the word of God, if you are a follower of the Lord Jesus Christ, then you're going to be familiar with Romans 9 and Romans 10 and Romans 11. And you're going to be familiar with the Apostle Paul's lament over Israel and mm. recognizing that we need not boast and be haughty because we've been grafted in. Mm. Right. Yeah. Like realizing that the Lord is not done with Israel. And so I think there's a there's a there's some heavy lifting that we're doing right now because we've not made much of Christ and we've not made much of his bride. Mm -hmm. We've not made much of what we have come out of, like where Messiah has come out of. We've not made much of that. It's almost like Mm. we have this idea that Christ begins with our knowledge of him in America. You know what I mean? And, and I, and I say that respectfully, but what I'm, what I'm, what I'm trying to suggest strongly here is that we exalt Christ. Yeah. That, that we exalt um, God's word, right? From Genesis to Revelation. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Amen. You know, this is why some of those false teachings on what we can unhitch ourselves from, <laughs> it gets us into trouble, right? right? Because now we don't even have a point of reference. We wouldn't even have the whole story. Like we wouldn't even be able to make the connection without the Old Testament to why, you know, the, the, the people of Israel, the children of Israel are so important in what God did through them. You know, uh, even in and bringing a Messiah. Oh, come on, man! Like, it's it's insane to think about unhitching from the Old Testament. That's as a Christian, I I would yes. just say this point blank: you cannot, you cannot genuinely appreciate your identity as a Christian if you don't appreciate Israel. Hmm. If you, if you don't, um, if you are not grateful to God mm-hmm. for Israel for this nation that the Lord made a nation, if you are not grateful for the preservation of the name of God, the holy name of God preserved in a nation, stumbling as they were, right? And being judged by the Lord as they were. Um, but still, nevertheless, preserving the holiness of God's name, that we would have the right knowledge of the one true and living God. If you are not thankful for that, if you are not thankful that through Israel came the Messiah, 
mm-hmm. the the promised one of Israel. Yeah. Okay, like if you are not thankful for that, it is because you have come to a Christianity that maybe has its genesis in Americana. Mm-hmm. Or maybe it has its genesis somewhere else, but it's not the scriptures. Mm-hmm. It's not It's not in the eternal word of God. It's not in the revelation of what God was doing in the earth. And so I think part of the way that we get here to where we have all these kids, many of them who would identify because of the spiritual aspects, but they would identify as Christian um, on the side of Hamas and on the side of the carnage and the barbarity that we saw uh, coming from this terrorist organization. So many kids would be on this side because they have not rightly been taught the scriptures. They have not been given a biblical picture of understanding how we view Israel, mm-hmm. right? And and mm-hmm. how, how we see Israel in the bigger picture of what God is doing in the earth. And and often, look, and I'll say this, and, and I think as with so many other things, Mm. there is a self-centeredness that is present, right? There is a, the gospel starts with me kind Mm. of idea that I think you, you lose when you immerse yourself in scripture. And it's crazy too. I think some of it has to do with man bashing Israel is trendy. Right. And so a lot of times what they have been taught or even, you know, like, um, told to them even in school it's like uh, a, a anti-israel mm-hmm. type stance and it's almost like it it's trendy to to go and be a part of this protest because look at what's happening you know it, it's 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 amazing you think about young people and how uh they can be shaped and formed you know that's why we have to do our job in the home of of showing them what the bible says about Things like Israel yes. and God's people and 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 how this thing plays out because they will get a bunch of foolishness outside of your home, <laughs> you know, if you don't. Like they have to be cemented in what they believe, yes. you know, in the home. Because there's a lot of people that's willing to tell them how bad the mm-hmm. Jews are, and they always this and that and this. And if if they don't understand, you know, the biblical nature of what's going on, they'll be sucked right in. Yeah, look, I, I told you this, you know, even when I was in college. College, you know, just having um, people that would be my associates. I, I don't want to just throw around the word friends, but people that um, I would say, man, I spent a lot of time with um, in the dorms and on campus. Mm-hmm. And I remember even having someone say to me, well, this is what the what the Jews have done um, to our people, you know, mm-hmm. an international student saying that this is what the Jews have done to our people. And this is why, you know, we don't as- uh, associate with them. And I remember at the time just feeling like it didn't sound right. And feeling like, uh, you know, but I didn't have a defense. Yeah. I didn't have an apologetic. I didn't. I didn't have the kind of um, heart knit to Israel that is really fueled by being deeply rooted in the Word of God. That's and it. and so one of the things that we're trying to do is to insulate, if you will, or maybe culture proof our kids against <laughs> this like type that. of ten- temptation. <laughs> Can we go culture proof? <laughs> yes. Um, and so in having the conversation about what's happening in Israel and reading the news stories to our kids so that they understand what's going on, we are reading the news stories, but we're also holding up the Word of God. And so when we take them to Romans chapter 11 and we show that Israel is not not cast away forever. And then we start to read it to them. It's eye opening for them. It helps connect their faith to its Genesis, Mm. right? Because it begins with a people that were not a people. Mm. Yeah. I just want people to understand like this, this now being reconciled to God through Jesus Christ begins with a people that are not a people. Of course, 
of course, we go to the beginning to understand the fall. We go to the beginning to understand the relationship that's broken. But if you want to understand being reconciled to God, it is through a people group that the Messiah will come, that the Lord has carved out for himself, Mm. right? That he's going to bring the savior of the world through this people group. And they are special to him and he has not forgotten them. And the apostle Paul reminds the Gentiles, that's you and me, Mm -hmm. right? Um, that God has not forgotten Israel. That's right. That's right. And it's important for our children to understand that. And so it's it's a little of the heavy lifting done at home. But I, I think at the same time, it'll, there'll be a great appreciation for, for them uh, understanding like where all this comes from, from the word of God. Amen. You know, because you, you, you're seeing some of the same uh, people groups and things like that. This is what's going on. And, and the Bible is being fulfilled. You know, things are happening. And that is a great boost uh, to, to your faith. I say that I'm going to read in uh, Romans chapter 11. I think this may be a great place for us to land it. Just something to think about and how we communicate this um, to our children. But in Romans chapter 11, uh, verse 11, I might be easy to remember Romans 11, 11. I say, then they did not stumble so as to fall. Did they talking about Israel? May it never be, but by their transgression, salvation has come to the Gentiles to make them jealous. Mm. Now, if their transgression is richest, are, yeah, is riches for the world and their failure is riches for the Gentiles, how much more will their fulfillment be? But I am speaking to you who are Gentiles, inasmuch then as I am an apostle of Gentiles, I magnify my ministry. If somehow I might move to jealousy my fellow countrymen and save some of them. For if their rejection is the reconciliation of the world, what will their acceptance be but life from the dead? If the first piece of dough is holy, the lump is also. And if the root is holy, the branches are too. But if some of the branches were broken off and you being a wild olive were grafted in among them Mm. and became partaker with them of the rich root of the olive tree, do not be arrogant toward the branches but if you are arrogant, remember that it is not you who supports the root, but the root supports you. Look, when you understand that and when you are able to, to sit down and have a conversation with your kids about that, with your grandkids about that, it makes it a lot easier to connect their heart to Israel Mm -hmm. and it culture proofs them. It helps to keep them impervious to the spirit of the age, like this, this, what is growing in our country, growing anti-Semitism. It helps to insulate them and to culture proof them. And that's ultimately what we want to do. That's definitely what we want to do. And that's definitely our job. When we resist the cultural trends that rival the truth, we remain culture proof. And that's exactly what we want to do in every area of our life. Until next time, Lord willing. God bless.